we are in a race. The race is against time. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every time. Don't be one of those people 20 years from now are gonna be walking around in a nine to five job, miserable and angry and bitter. Welcome to Sound Conversations. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sound Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Giudameti. I'm excited to announce a very special guest today, Elena Neely. Welcome to Sound Conversations, Elena. Thank you, Chris. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me today. It's great having you here. I'm excited to, to talk to you. You're the designated broker at My Seattle Realty. Uh, yes. And that is a boutique real estate firm in Seattle, Washington, which is now the hottest real estate market in the country and maybe the world. So we're excited to have you as a guest. Thank you very much. So Elena, um, why don't you share your background with our listeners? Um, well, my journey started uh, when I came to the United States. I was very fortunate and lucky to come to study uh, MBA in finance on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Clark University, right? Clark University in Worcester, Massachusetts. Oh. Um, it was really life-changing and eye-opening experience. After first year of study, I came to do internship in Seattle. Instantly fell in love and decided that's where I want to live and raise my family and build my career. Mm -hmm. So after finishing with all the studies, I came here, worked with Washington State Department of Trade and Economics as intern at first, and then got my first job at warehouse company. And it was super exciting and challenging and fulfilling. I worked in procurement, so I got the opportunity to work with different businesses, um, meet with the suppliers, negotiate the contracts, work with research and development group to learn about new products, pricing strategy, uh, watch futures markets for price adjustments. So it was extremely fulfilling and exciting. Sounds like also high pace too. It was high pace. It was a lot of uh, communications, a lot of working with different teams, different groups. And it also was a lot of numbers, which I really loved. <laughs> and a lot of contracts and price adjustments. So I absolutely loved it. Um, that was also the time when we bought our first house <laughs> in West Seattle. Um, what year was that? That was year 2000. Oh, wow. Okay. So, Y2K. Yes. <laughs> we bought our first house. Um, I was working with Warehouser. But then um, our daughter was born, and I was facing the biggest question, as most women do. Do I go back to corporate life mm -hmm. and career? The opportunities were enormous with promotions and travel. But also, how do I balance spending more time with my family and raising my daughter. So at that time, I left Warehouser and stayed home. But after nine months, I shortly realized that I need to get out of the house and do something. Mm -hmm. And working full time was a little bit harder at that time because the telecommuting was only starting. Mm. And by then, we 
purchased another home in West Seattle and did a big remodel, which shortly left us to realize that bulldozer probably would be the better <laughs> solution. So we started our first uh, construction project. Wow. So at that, that time, was, having... What year was that? That was 2004. Okay. So by then, we had some experience in real estate. It fascinated us, and I was extremely interested. So I got my license at the beginning of 2004, um, joined one of big real estate companies in the area, and was extremely lucky to get one of the best managing brokers who was very supportive and still is my mentor. He is really supportive of women entrepreneurs and uh, helping real estate agents to succeed. So, and I really was amazed how many opportunities real estate opens. Um, it's really unlimited opportunities with income, with clientele, and I shortly decided that for me real estate is not only about being perfect with the contracts and getting the best price for my clients, but also building long-term relationships mm. and being involved with most amazing times of people's lives when they're starting a family, when they're relocating for job, when they're already down to next chapter in their life with kids being out of the house and downsizing. Those are very stressful but exciting times. And as real estate professional, I was able to stay with them and watch their kids grow, help them move from little conduct to a bigger house, um, help them navigate through changes in their parents' lives. And it's been the very most exciting and fulfilling opportunity for me. Very cool. So um, one of the questions that we'd like to, to ask our guests um, is... Uh, some strategies, tools, uh, tactics, know-how that have helped you be successful in your career, whether it was in uh, a warehouse or working in corporate America, or whether it was uh, um, leading a, uh, a real successful real estate firm. So, what do you? What are some of the tools that you're using in your in your work to be successful? Well, I think to be successful, you always continue learning. Okay. You continue learning from your peers, your friends, uh, people you meet. Um, and especially now in our age of information, there is so much knowledge is out there. There is so much uh, books. There is so many events. Um, there is so many opportunities to learn and grow. Um, I've been very blessed to start on learning on the professional and actually not as only professional but personal development and reading books by Napoleon Hill and Ogmandino and listening to Zig Ziglar and other um, profound writers and speakers okay. um, who talked about success and all the skills for the success and also not focusing only on your professional skills but also growing as a person mm. and um, inspiring and helping others around you and that's that's really I think the key 
to success for anybody is is learning is learning and so some of the authors you mentioned uh, that you've read and, and you read um uh, for those that are not familiar with that genre what what who are they the united states been the leader and profound in really starting the industry of personal development and growth and um Lots of the books I mentioned go back to people who started uh, exploring and writing about it. Um, personal development. Personal development. Um, Napoleon Hill um, was hired by Andrew Carnegie to interview the most successful people and put together the skills and tactics. Um, and that's how the book, How to... Forget the name. Uh, so Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, and um, it's been really kind of a masterpiece and cornerstone for me to start learning and reading more and more about personal development. So the book Learn and Grow Think Think, think, and, think grow and Grow Rich, rich. not Learn Think and Grow Rich, has been the cornerstone of your personal growth um, and foundation. Uh, that was written back in Carnegie, uh, Carnegie's uh, days. Yes. Um, so you feel that that's still relevant to our society today? Oh, yes. The and... core principles okay. of how you think, who you surround with, who is your mastermind uh, group. It's still very, very true in nowadays. Very nice. What about podcasts? Do you listen to any? Yes. Since we're doing a podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, I really like to listen to Brian Buffini's podcast. Okay. Right. He has been my big mentor and coach in the real estate career and in personal development and also professional development. I like to listen to Darren Hardy's mm -hmm. morning um, podcast. Very nice. Um, what, uh, okay, what would you tell your 24 year old self if you want to, if you're able to go back in time and uh, talk to Elena at 24? What would you tell her? I think I would say, tell to keep going and don't worry about anything, everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> don't spend time worrying or being upset about the failures, keep going and plugging away, everything will be great. Very cool. Awesome. So you're, um, you studied in Clark University, you studied international finance. Yes. Right? So that's high, high numbers, modeling, um, you know, very high level work. Did that translate into real estate uh, with negotiations, with communications? with um, measuring market and opportunities, or was it a new skill set that you had to learn? No, it was really amazing uh, part of being able to provide clients not only with market data, but also helping them evaluate all of their opportunities. Mm -hmm. Part of our clients are also real estate investors 
and this is a little bit different, less emotional, more practical approach uh, when you evaluate their income and when you evaluate the properties and look at the potential in the market and what could be added. It's also it's been very handy in the development opportunities when you evaluate land and evaluate opportunities for future development and growth. Very nice. Okay. Very nice. So let's go back to your college days, your universities. Yes. Um, so you left um, Russia and you went to, to school in the East Coast yeah. of the United States, Clark University. And you decided you want to pursue um, international finance as your major. Why international finance? Out of everything that you could have studied, why that? Well, prior to coming to the States, that was already a master's degree in international finance. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a program which is joined with University of Maryland, and it was joint venture between University of Maryland and Forest and State University. And my bachelor's was in business management. And at that time, I worked with the company International Executive Service Corps, who provides services of retired executives. And I worked extensively with them in the Russian forest. And one of the biggest areas which uh, they've been involved is helping companies and helping local governments to enter their international market. And I really was a big fan of math and numbers. (laughs) and very interested in the finance. And with their background and work experience, it kind of was really natural flow for me to study international finance. Um, And those skills that you um, got through your MBA in international finance, then you use those at Warehouser in the procurement services. Um, As a woman in in that world, did you... um, um, have any challenges in, in communicating or, or working in that environment? Was that, um, I... yes and no. Um, Warehouser and lots of big corporation is very structured environment. It was, to be honest, I thoroughly enjoyed it because there were Lots of opportunities, and many of them I also seeked out. Um, There were challenges sometimes, because I was very, also very young, uh, working with big established supplier companies. But I think once you, once you bring expertise and knowledge to the table, there was really no big challenges in that point. Okay. And I always felt quite supported in Warehouser okay. uh, with promoting, with promotions. I started as procurement analyst and later had the opportunity to take on some key supply manager roles and functions. And as I mentioned, their collaboration was so great between R&D, uh, wood business, paper businesses, and I also worked with a lot of locations across the country. Hmm. And um, we provided help to them. They provided us information. And Very cool. Yeah. Um, so 
you had uh, so you had your daughter and uh, decided to uh, uh, leave corporate America and pursue your own business or yes. going to real estate. Going uh, to real estate, yes. Then, then, at what point did you decide you wanted to pursue your own your own business? I worked with uh, one of the major real estate companies here for about six or seven years. Um, we had our own rental properties. And at that time, lots of my clients who are who work in the IT industry or other companies, actually in banking as well, uh, were relocating to other parts of the country or the part of the world. And I'm always a big supporter and big persuader of people. If you can keep real estate, um, you can continue to build up your real estate portfolio. Mm-hmm. So they looked into opportunities to leave their homes as a rental properties. And I was asked numerous times to help them to manage it. So that was the time when I also started their property management company. And at that time, I had to create the real estate brokerage as well because I couldn't continue with existing real estate brokerage. Once I established my brokerage and property management company, then it was more of a question. I like doing both, but what's the biggest priority for me? And uh, shortly after three or four years, I decided just to focus primarily on the real estate and um, real estate brokerage sales. real estate brokerage yeah. sales yes and um, property management company was closed and now I dedicate all of my focus and attention on working in real estate sales so so you worked in um, for another brokerage for six or seven years and mm-hmm. then you started your own firm called my saddle realty but what year did you start yours? Uh, what year did you start your firm? 2008. 2008. Okay, so that was at the start of the Great Recession. Yes. Okay, so you decided you wanted to start your own business and not work in for another, some, another brokerage at the start of our Great Recession. What was that like? That timing. Um, that timing was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... I still have to admit it, we still were very busy because yeah. during the recession times, people still move, um, have children and need bigger homes. Mm-hmm. Um, they lose their loved ones and need to downsize. Mm-hmm. They go through divorce, birth of their children. Mm-hmm. So life still goes on. Yeah. And Even real estate, and real estate is such important part of people's life. Of course, there were more harder and more heartbreaking stories uh, when we had to work through short sales. Okay. We need to. We had to so have what is a it, what, is, yeah. what is the short? Sorry to interrupt you. What is a short sale for those listeners that are not familiar with um, the term? Short sale is when homeowner um, cannot continue to or needs to sell the house. But, for example, they bought their house in 2006 or 2007 at the peak of the market. And at that time, lots of financing programs were more flexible, so to speak. And you can borrow up to 100% of purchase price of your property. But then when you are facing some life situation or decisions to move, and you need to sell your house in 2011 when prices 
uh, came down, you end up owning owing more on the property than you can sell it for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So therefore, for the sale to go through, the homeowner either needs to bring the balance of their remaining sum, mm-hmm. the difference between sale price and mortgage amount, or you have to talk to the bank mm-hmm. and negotiate and make them agree to their lesser amount on their uh, mortgage. So that time, there were a lot of short sales going on. There were some foreclosures when the banks were selling the foreclosed properties. And there were great buying opportunities. (laughs) (laughs) As as people discover now, now that the market has recovered significantly, so yes um so that was the short sale but so it sounds like during a recession um the during the great recession uh that we just had life went on even though the you know, financial markets uh, had had challenges maybe uh, some uh, people that went through a um, uh, economic impact were impacted economically through through the recession had to walk away to sell, life still went on, and then uh, people that had the um, ability to financially were able to uh, to buy, and so I think life continued on. And so, um, what what was the probably what was the lesson? What was the lesson taken from that experience for you? For you, and, and the biggest clients? the biggest lesson for me was just helping people and helping my clients. Some of them weren't able to sell their homes through the short sale and lost their homes. Um, staying in touch with them, being understanding and being helpful, because life happens, different life scenarios happen. Mm-hmm. And some of the times we were didn't rely, didn't, um, didn't end up in receiving commissions. And some of them didn't result in making amount of money we were hoping to achieve. Mm-hmm. But persevering through that and supporting the clients and helping clients and friends was crucial and important for me personally. But as a result, it came back in hundreds folds because those people are coming now and asking to help them to find another property, help their family, help their friends, because they know that we will be available to provide unbiased opinion and expertise and help and just help them navigate through good times and through the bad times as well. So you've, um, so your real estate work um, after leaving Warehouser has included uh, real estate brokerage sales, has included management, real estate management, rental properties and then also um, building uh, you've you've yes. had some experience with building and development what's that like in in our city it's, it's getting it's getting harder and harder okay. uh, uh, building experience was extremely interesting um, we so far we completed five new construction projects some of them were single-family homes. Some of them were townhouse projects. 
Um, that's where also their financing experience was very helpful, working with banks on the construction loans and putting information together. But it also helps me now working with the buyers and first-time buyers and working with the buyers who are acquiring the construction because we can provide help and expertise and help them ask correct questions and help them navigate through work with the builder. And also helps me working with the clients who are looking to purchase land, uh, knowing what questions to ask, what uh, property type to look for, what could be potential pitfalls, what could be additional costs in development. Um, it just so happened that all of our properties we developed are in Seattle. So that involves learning all the current regulations and even more all the current changes to the zoning and requests and regulations. And um, that was very interesting uh, experience as well. Um, what, um, what I'm hearing in, in the community is developers primarily uh, having um, challenge with navigating a, uh, a city uh, process of, of paperwork and and I understand uh, we have a, a boom in development so I would expect our city is inundated with tons and tons of uh, developers that come in and want to develop and, and build plots so um, I think there's something to be said about that but what would you think from from day of application uh, to break ground, how much time does typically pass in, uh, oh, in paperwork? Um, it depends on different projects because okay. it's a different story if it's a single family home or if it's a multifamily project. It depends on where the lot is located, if it's environmentally critical zone, if it's close to the beach, if it's close to the um, any potential wetlands or creeks, mm. if it's on the slope. So there's no there's no there is no single answer. And it also depends whether the owner of the lot already uh, done some preliminary work or if you starting from the ground zero. And it also de depends if it's a semi-developed type of property, if there is already residential uh, construction around it, or if it's just raw piece of land and you're trying to figure out um, what what is there, what's not. Okay. So okay. there is no definite answer to that question. So, Elena, you uh, you grew up in uh, Vladivostok, Russia. Uh, is that right? Yes. And, um, and you studied, your bachelor's was uh, in finance? Uh, business management. Business management, okay. What was it like growing up in Russia? My years of growing up in Russia came to the interesting times okay. because my school years, elementary and middle school, uh, came to time still of the Soviet Union. Okay. But then when I was graduating high school, it was 91, 1991. That was exactly the time of the collapse of Soviet Union. Wow. So many changes happening in the period. economy. 
um, so many changes happening in the education system, uh, especially in the colleges. Uh, that was the first year when universities actually started opening the programs where you have to pay for education. Okay, so the paid education there. Yes, and it, but also it was the time when there were more new, interesting things happening overall. And um, right after I graduated from the high school, I went to the program and it was the first year we were the first enrollment of the joint Russian-American program between University of Maryland mm. and uh, Forreston State University. Okay. It was Russian-American uh, program in two years was of Russian college and then two years were of University of Maryland. Okay. And the fourth year of that, I actually started in Germany in the University of Maryland campus oh, wow. in Germany in Trebisgmund. So it, that was a time of huge changes everywhere. Mm -hmm. Economy, people lives, uh, people beliefs. But it also was a time of new opportunities opening, people starting their new businesses, um, governments trying to figure out how to work further, uh, how to structure everything. Mm -hmm. And when I came back from Germany, I learned about opportunity. One of the faculty from the University of Maryland introduced us to it was International Executive Service Corps doing seminars in public administration on Russian forest. Mm. So I started as interpreter there. And next year I was already program manager. Um, the year after that, after I graduated from university, I was offered to be uh, deputy director of their office in the Russian forest. And two years later, I was the regional director for Russian Forest and Eastern Siberia uh, to manage their program. This is a college, or no? This That's ex ex International Executive Service Corps. International Executive Service Corps. Corps. Very cool. Yeah, and they're a nonprofit organization which brings retired executives huh. all over the world. And at that time, um, they had a big program in Russia. And besides public administration seminars and workshops for Russian government officials, um, they trained colleges on their different programs and also taught the governments how to do budget and oh, wow. how to do public works programs. They worked with local businesses to help them open international markets. They taught them how to create business plans and get banks involved to finance Lending. equipment purchases, um, new product developments. So there was a lot of different projects we were involved at that time. Very cool. So you were there uh, in, a, in a pretty uh, substantial position as an ex executive director of, of yes. this group. Um, and then you decided you wanted to pursue, further pursue your education through an, a master's in, in international finance. When, when you made the choice to pursue this career, was that exciting, exhilarating? Were you nervous to go to a foreign land and, and um, I think all of the above. <laughs> yes. Um, From your family. It was all of the above. I was 24. Okay. And I already was 
in quite great position where yeah. I was working. Mm -hmm. um, I met a lot of representatives from different companies working in the Russian Far East. Mm -hmm. I worked with the local governments, but then there was opportunity to study for MBA in finance, and I jumped jumped into okay. it <laughs> without too much evaluation. And I think starting MBA at that time was also very good and right timing because I already had work experience. Yeah. So I had great expertise to bring to the table and, you know, all the group projects you do in MBA when you evaluate uh, the companies, when you build different finance uh, case studies and scenarios. It was a little bit different approach if I did my MBA af right after the college because you come with the work experience mm -hmm. and all that knowledge, but it also puts you a step forward for work opportunities. And um, at that time, my big goal was to work for big five consulting okay. firms. And um, Boston and East Coast was super energetic and exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, environment to be in, but then um, it so happened that I ended up with internship in Seattle mm -hmm. and instantly fell in love with the area. It felt so similar to homeland with proximity to the ocean, uh, with the shipping companies and the water. water in the ocean, so I decided that once I graduate that's where I want to live and work. In Seattle. Well, let's go back to your, your days in, in uh, studying in, in ma your master's degree. What, um, what was the first first year like for you when you came um, as, a, as a student? Was it, uh, did you have to live in a dorm? Did you have to rent an apartment? Um, I rented an apartment. My roommate was from Czech Republic. Okay. Um, we rented an apartment in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, and I think my previous experience traveling and living in their American university in Germany kind of made me a little bit more prepared yeah. uh, okay. for that experience. And I was also a little bit older. Yeah, 24. <laughs> Still seems pretty young. Um, and... It was it was great and comparing to Germany, uh, coming to U.S. was actually much easier because yeah. it's so open to different accents, different nationalities, different people. people. The culture was more open. To the yeah, US. it was very open. Mm -hmm. It was very. It wasn't very easy to navigate, but it was still. Um, it was still very comfortable. comfortable. Yes, yeah, that's right. correct. That's great. Um, so, master's level studying, it's, it's high level, high intensity. You have to spend a lot of time in, in that collegiate, I'm guessing, environment where you're networking and, and talking and studying in a group setting. Um, how, um, being in the business community now, being in the, the business world, uh, is there times where you uh, miss having those interactions, those collegiate interactions, uh, group in group studying sections, or you know, is that still um, something that you do 
with when you help your clients navigate the, the real estate? Yes, of course. Um, as a part of our work and collaborations, we work with a lot of other professionals in other industries. We, lo- we work a lot with mortgage industry, bankers and lenders. We work with title and escrow companies. Um, my Serial Realty has a great team of professionals with whom we've already been working for many years. Uh, real estate attorney, um, inspectors, mortgage brokers. But we also have a big network and extensively work and train and study together with real estate professionals from other parts of the country. Mm. Uh, because big involvement for our company has been helping people relocate from different parts of the country and actually different parts of the world. Mm. So we stay in contact with other real estate professionals in the country and different companies and different professionals which work in other industries as well. So tell, tell us, tell our listeners, um, when you decided to form My Seattle Realty, what, um, what was the inspiration with the name? Um, we wanted to stay true to the core of being local satellite okay. company. And we wanted to sound more personal and really specify a small company approach as versus a big brand name. Mm-hmm. Uh, because most of our focus is really educating our clients, um, educating home buyers or home sellers about everything and providing our expertise and experience how to navigate through the borders, whether it's a recession market or whether it's a hard-paced market like it is right now. Mm -hmm. And then building a long-term relationship so that if they need help afterwards with any um, contractors, any professionals, um, they can always reach out to us and expect full support and help and collaboration um, even many years after they've already purchased and moved into their new home. So it, it's common, uh, commonly used phrasing that um, buying your home, buying a home is uh, typically one of the biggest purchase in our lives yes. um, for, for most people. And so that it's a pretty substantial um, investment uh, for all of us, um, and I'm curious to hear uh, because I do know that you're you're helping your buyers, you're helping your sellers with education, you're helping them understand the challenges with navigating this this important transaction uh, and transition in their lives. What are the what are the challenges that you see in the marketplace for both buyers and sellers? Being that we're in Seattle. And this is the hottest real estate uh, market in the country and maybe the world. What are some of the top five or maybe 10 things that, that you're helping raise awareness for on both buyers and sellers? Yes, the market is extremely hot right now. And mostly because of so many companies coming to Seattle or expanding their presence in Seattle already. Um, they are very attracted to Seattle because of its pool of 
highly educated people and its location and opportunities it presents. The real estate market has been extremely hot because of the lack of supply of the inventory. The inventory is extremely low. Um, as we mentioned, uh, development has been a little bit harder and takes a little bit longer. So there is less new construction and there was also the delay with the new construction because lots of builders completely froze their projects after the recession. So the inventory is super low, the demand is very high, mm-hmm. um, so it presents lots of challenges for the buyers. Um, the sellers have a great opportunity with the selling the property, but most of the sellers once you sell, then you need to <laughs> decide <laughs> what's next. So you need to find um, either a bigger house or a smaller property where you're going to move. So we've been working with a lot of clients who are downsizing, help them to plan the best strategy and use our some of our suggestions and ideas how to survive in this market. Um, I think one of the other challenges also has been that there is a lot of investor buyers, uh, foreign investor oh, buyers right. in our market who are purchasing properties with cash. So then you have a buyer who is obtaining the loan, who is well qualified, will have no issues of obtaining the financing, but who is competing against um, cash the cash buyer. So we have our own strategies how to succeed in that and been pretty successful in the multiple offer um, strategies and we help our buyers really to come to the table with the offer which has all the potential ideas uh, presented so present their offer in such a way that it not only looks the best financially but it shows them as the buyer um, who would be the best new family for this particular home. Hmm. Um, Sometimes, most of the times, real estate is not only a numbers uh, game and strategy, but it's also about people and finding the family who will continue with the heritage of their property Hmm. and who will enjoy the neighborhood. So we've been focusing a lot on that and um, been very successful to help our clients to navigate through these really choppy borders. Our last year was our best year in the last 14 years. And um, I think about 70% of our clients are buyers and some of, this, some of them are a mix of their sellers and buyers. Mm. And um, I don't know if I can come up with it. Ten, <laughs> ten, <laughs> ten, no, ten tips. Okay. Ten tips for right. um, we'll be happy to share it. But all the tips usually depends on the personal situation. situation. Mm-hmm. What will work for one client might not specifically work so for another. It's a different strategy. and really customized approach, mm-hmm. and it's really different timeline for everybody because everybody. Uh, acts and makes decisions at a different pace and some buyers will be very quick and, and some need to digest information and uh, be comfortable with their decision so we really try to focus and customize 
our strategy uh, to different clients. Um, some of them are very comfortable with removing contingencies and going in full head in. Um, some of them are more cautious and need a little bit more conservative approach. Um, it may take a little bit more time in this market, but it's doable as well. What do you, what do you, uh, so outside of the inventory being limited in uh, what is a hot market in real estate, um, high real estate market, what are buyers experiencing outside of a um, escalating um, clause and outside of a multiple offer environment? What are some of the other things you're seeing buyers experience out there um, that uh, that you think uh, my Seattle Realty can help them uh, navigate? Well, besides increasing the price and offering more for the property, uh, buyers right now are at much faster pace when they're ready to buy their house. Okay. Uh, they need to make their decisions faster. Uh, they need to be ready to act faster. Um, if it's a married couple, they have to come to agreement between themselves <laughs> faster. And uh, what we bring to the table is really all the moving pieces, which usually will take longer time with their inspection or with the information on their property. And also the decision-making process, how to sort through all that information. We live in the time when there is no more lack of information anymore. As a matter of fact, there is too much information right now. So you really need expertise and somebody who will make a suggestion to you and recommendation of what will work, what's important and what's not, or help you to focus on top three or top five uh, choices which you need to make before uh, making an offer on the house and help you to uh, make your offer and um, your strategy the most effective okay. and also help you navigate um, through the rest of the purchase as well. Um, and that's where we come in and that's to be in our strengths in this market. Okay. So it sounds like a lot of analytics and, and um, you know, using the information that the over information that's that's in the market in our in our age uh, today, just finding a way to analyze it to make yes. sure that it, it aligns with what the buyer is looking to accomplish. Exactly. It's okay. analytics, expertise, and also experience because we've mm -hmm. been through so many transactions already mm -hmm. and purchases, and we've been through many scenarios where we know what could be potentially downfall, and that's where we can come in and bluntly say, you know, this sounds great, but it might not work, and that's why. Or this house... We'll have a lot of multiple offers now, but if you have to sell it in 10 years when the market might not be so hot, mm -hmm. this is the issues it will have. Uh, you need mm -hmm. to have somebody by your side who honestly will tell you, mm -hmm. this is not the best house for you. Mm -hmm. Or maybe who will say, you know, I think you really should jump on that because uh, those are very important factors and it has this potential. Um, or opportunities down the road. So when I when we look at real estate being you know for most of us the largest investment we're making 
you know, having a finance and, and banking background myself, you know, and having experience in real estate, you know, I, I see the n- numerous um, variables that change the value of a property. Uh, of to change the desirability and most importantly, change the, the future opportunities. Um, and, you know, I, I, I have a commute that I do uh, from work to home. And there's a billboard that I drive by every day, and it says, list with us for 1%. Okay, and it's interesting for me because having the know-how in in banking and financing and and real estate that I do, I'm really trying to understand, like, how, how how is there a value added to the consumer when the agents that are you know, doing wholesale discounting services mm-hmm. are promoting on billboards. This was us for 1%. I, do you, do you get that level of commitment from your agent or is it just a, here's a transaction. Let's just put it in the market and see what happens. Yeah. It's a different uh, business strategy and it's a different business platform. Uh, we t- actually, we don't really see a lot of competition from that particular company. We sometimes meet with the sellers who interview both sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And we offer just a little bit different, not a little bit, a lot of different approach. And there are t- different types of buyers. Yeah. There are different types of clients. There are different personalities. And for somebody, the bottom line might be the most important criteria, even though in this market they might be missing out on a lot of other opportunities and actually uh, they might be missing out financially on their bottom line. Mm. But from my experience, there is a lot of business for everybody. Yeah. And there are different clients who prefer that approach more of a discounted more of their discounted wholesaler Mm. here's the paperwork sign it here's the contract sign it and we are happy to work with the clientele who really need the consultant by their side who can come in and first tell them you know if you do this and that you really can make your home more appealing Mm -hmm. if you can do this and that, you can really maximize on the value of your home. And working with different buyers who really need the expertise and knowledge and really want their real estate agent to be present there and be the same real estate agent who will work with them through this transaction and after it and on the future plans. I have a lot of clients who we consult not only on this particular home purchase, but we put their life strategy together going forward. And we talk to them if this is the property they are buying now, why they choose the condo over the house, what their future plans are. Will they be able to rent the condo or house? Uh, how long they're planning to keep it for, what will be the best tax strategy around it, and what really their long-term goals and aspirations are. And over time, that's involving into having clientele who building their real estate portfolio and building their life strategy 
um, going forward. Interesting. So, what's the you know your typical transaction like? How much since you guys are a boutique real estate brokerage um, that is all about, you know very focused on the service and and the trusted advisory role that you have with your clients? Mm-hmm. What what's the typical transaction? How much time does it take? for you guys um, and your team to work with a typical buyer or seller? I'm not talking about the exceptions that are maybe the more involved, more creative, but just the typical. Is it is it a few hours worth of your time? Is it 10, 20, 30 hours? Um, <laughs> I, it, it really varies so much. Yeah. Um, if it's a very standard, I, I wouldn't say standard. There's really no standard. Mm. Um, if it's a buyer who is renting right now, looking at purchasing mm-hmm. the homes, their first home, it could be anywhere between two to six months. Wow. However, with that said, I last year I closed on the purchase of the home with the family. They first started looking when they were pregnant with their first child, <laughs> and now their child is eight years old. <laughs> so they finally the home because there are lots of family um, situations going on and it was a multi-generational purchase mm. when it was actually three generations coming in together wow. so it gets a little bit more involved mm. and a little bit more complicated and creative and um, other moving pieces so and some clients come to us just in the planning stage and some come to us when they already got pre-approval and they're ready to go and they're much faster decision makers so yes so why would um so here's the the five minute pitch for you like why would somebody choose my seattle realty like if you were to say you know hey you're you're coming to the market uh to seattle today you should choose my Seattle Realty if you should choose my Seattle Realty if you looking for well established, very well experienced a group of professionals who will help you navigate through your big decision and your life, uh, be by your side through the whole process, uh, provide you with the experience, education and advice and help you make it smooth and enjoyable experience and help you share it through your life and then have the source and contact who will help you through your future questions and any needs you might have. Um, We've been so solely focusing on helping our clients that we don't do billboards and big advertisement. We pour that money back into community mm-hmm. and stay in touch with our clients and do client appreciation events, uh, bring seminars from trusted advisors in the financing industry, in the retirement industry, and have seminars with speakers which help educate our clients on the constru- construction mm-hmm. opportunities, on their tax uh, advantages, on 
numerous aspects of the life. So you and organize these seminars? Yes, we do the seminars, we do client events, Education. we do pictures with Santa, <laughs> and our clients now have numerous years of Santa pictures, family photos <laughs> with Santa, and uh, we bring our clients together as well, mm-hmm. and our clients have opportunity to learn from others in their community and use expertise of other trusted advisors who very often become our clients and we refer them in the future. So we solely focused on pouring back into the community and providing sometimes not even only real estate expertise, but bringing people together and sharing who we know and what we know um, in Seattle area. So if somebody wanted to learn about uh, one of these seminars, how would they find out uh, about your next seminar that you're hosting? Uh, we have um, our presence on the Facebook. Mm-hmm. We have our website, MySeattleRealty.com. And, and we put information about it there. Um, you're always very welcome to contact us on the Facebook on our page as well, my Seattle Realty, and yes, we will be very happy to have you at the next seminars and next events and share with you all of our knowledge. Awesome. Uh, for all of our listeners, uh, check out more about Elena on MySeattleRealty.com. Thank you very much. We are in a race. The race is against time. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man. And I choose rich every time. Don't be one of those people 20 years from now are going to be walking around in a 9 to 5 job, miserable and angry and bitter. Sound Conversations.